Yo, what's up? It's your boy D Starks. Starks the artist. You are now tuned in to the Just Different Podcast where we talk everything faith, life, and culture. We're back again going into this weekend. Unfortunately, as you can see, our parents are not joining us today. I texted my mom last night, right? Well, I actually texted her this past weekend. We locked in the date. She's like, yeah, we'd be good for Thursday. I was like, say yeah, less. Man. You feel me? So, you know, t- yesterday, you know, at around 6 or 7 p.m., I don't, I can't remember if I texted her, but I just sent her a text like, hey, you know, we're still on for tonight. Let me know when you guys are ready. We got the studio set up. We'll make it happen. And then, I don't know, something told me this was not going to work <laughs> out in my favor. I was like, no. Okay. So I don't know if I'm uh, cleaning. I'm in a restroom. But once I come back, I check my phone. I see that I got a missed call from her. And like she like triple texted me. I was like, ah, it's that time. So she, you know, she texted. She's like, y'all got to remember now. My parents, you know, they they old. They legit. Yeah. (laughs) They legit adults. They they, they mature. So like, you know, like at 7, 8 p.m., they tired. (laughs) (laughs) So she texts me. She's like, yeah, you know what? Is it okay if we can postpone and do it this weekend? You know, we have to take your sister to practice. We're going to get home (laughs) around 8. So we may be tired. And... (laughs) You know, I didn't really answer for a while. Then she, like, texted me two more times. But she's like, but, you know, if we have to do it tonight, it's okay. You know, when they hit you with, like, no, no, at that point, it's no. I was like, it's a wrap. And they got to hit you with the butt. I'm Uh, saying. So I just say, you know, no problem. It's cool. It's okay. We can do it. Let's postpone. Rain check. Let's do it this weekend. Rain check. She sends me two times. Um, And then I think she tried to make up for it. She hollered about some, do you want to send us a question beforehand? (laughs) So we, can, so we can get prepared. So can I was ready. like, Mama, please. That's so funny. <laughs> that was hilarious. So yeah, That's they so funny, were bro. asleep last night. And so yeah. we weren't able to record, but we will be recording with them this weekend. And that episode will just come out next Wednesday, which is going to be amazing. The last time that they were on, you all really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, so it's going to be fire. Uh, yeah, as, as always, though. It's going to be fire. But if I can be completely honest, man, I was conflicted because I got, I got asked to go hoop at eight and i was like oh we gotta record and then when she said no i was like i gotta go hoop <laughs> not a hooping session over the combo crazy that's hilarious I, t- hey, I took it i took my opportunity was, that was my chance i took it all right well yeah our parents aren't here so we just kind of we just here yeah we're just, we, we chatting today right we honestly i remember we did a story time earlier this year <laughs> and that was story times actually are always hilarious. funny bro i like story times that was the worst whooping we ever got uh i forgot and we, we had it, our mom call in the car that was a story bro. and that, that was, was hilarious gold it was that was actually really fun but i was thinking about what we want to get into today and I haven't really been like deep into study and anything specifically. Mm. And I'm I'm reading like a multiple books at the same time right now because I just can't choose which gotcha. one I really want to like pick up and get into. But uh, we've mentioned it on the podcast, but uh, about two months ago now, we went to Transformation Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma for the mm-hmm. V3 conference. And it was an amazing experience, life-changing, transformative and every message we heard, like, built on top of each other and just got better and better. And it gave me, I can speak to myself, like, so much language for my right now, and even for the future, really. And 
even the atmosphere in there like it was it's indescribable yeah. i know anyone who's been to any type of conference it's or different. if you've been to um a, a concert for a, a worship group whether that be like maverick city elevation hillsong etc it was insane yeah. like the presence was heavy and there was just like there'll be those moments where something would be said or spoken into or there would be a note that hit and the whole room would just go crazy but the only thing about the conference that honestly i was pressed for a bit about is the fact that they didn't record anything and i didn't know that so i like to listen to the sermons yeah. and like firsthand and then i usually go back and do my notes afterwards and i didn't record it on my phone like i usually would do because i thought they'd have recording but they didn't and so we didn't go the last day of the conference because we had to go to Dallas for another one. And Ty Tribbett, who performed there the second day that we were yeah. there, he preached the last session. And the people that we knew that were there, shout out Marlon and Clarence and the crew, they put us on and they were just like keeping us updated on what was happening. Yeah. And they were saying like the message that he preached was like the best one yeah. and it went insane. And so they happened to post it on YouTube here recently, like the recording of it. And I saw it and something told me to just click on it and watch. And it was called Greater Is In Me. And I'm glad that I did. So For that's sure. actually what I did yesterday. And honestly, it was one of those ones. I went back and listened to it again earlier this morning. Mm. And I just really wanted to share a lot of some of the highlights that I got from it that I felt was like notable to like just put out there, share with you all. That sparked a lot of thoughts in me. And definitely, if you got time, go and listen to that yourself. Most definitely. It's, it's one of those, like, worth the watch. For sure. And so one thing that he said in there that I don't know if I've ever mentioned before, but it was either the first time I heard it or it was brought back to my attention. And it really stemmed from 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 through 8. And it says, But godliness with contentment is great gain, mm -hmm. for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Hmm. And so he was speaking to that first part of godliness with contentment is great game and started to speak to when God was creating the earth. And we see that after he created or moved on day one afterwards, he said, it is good. Hmm. After day two, the work was finished or at least the work he did that day was finished. And he said it was good. Day three, he said it is good. Day four, day five, day six, it is good. And on day seven, he says it is very good. Then he proceeds to say, which means God declared it to be good, although it was still unfinished. Yeah. You know you're content when you can look at what's not complete and still say it is good. Mm. And I was like, Man. <sighs> That's the one. Man. He was just speaking to the idea that, you know, you can be looking at your studies. Like, Yo, I haven't got my degree yet, but it is good. Mm -hmm. I'm not make, making the money I want yet, but it is good. I'm not married yet, but it is good. I haven't reached the next level, haven't completed this particular project or this season of my life, but it's still good. And... I definitely needed that. I had never seen it in that context before, especially related to that verse. And it reminded me, and I put down, rarely do we develop our relationship with the term enough. And mm -hmm. that's something that I really want to do next mm -hmm. year. 
because I was recently, we went to dinner for our sister's 16th birthday. And, you know, we, we went out together. It was an amazing night filled with just joy, love, laughter. I mean, everything that... <laughs> That reminded me of the posters the girls be having, like, live, love, joy. <laughs> but it really okay. was. And, you know, for a for moment sure. there, I'm, I, I'm I'm present. I'm not thinking too much into the future about what I need to do when I get home or tomorrow or what's happened in the past. And for a moment, I think to myself, is this enough? Mm-hmm. If nothing else would necessarily be added to my life, would I be content with this? Mm-hmm. Just time with family, enjoying myself, not having to be overly productive, working too much on anything, but sharing in what God's given me with the people he's given to me to experience it with. Yeah, And, you know, I want to be able to sit in that a lot more and hearing that just put it all in perspective because it's timely because I'm I've already been writing down my goals. I actually already have like my board down, have everything on there, and I get in this mindset where I will not be satisfied until I reach said milestones. Right. So my life is just always in this rat race of like, oh, not feeling as if I'm enough or I'm never where I actually want to be, need to be, or should be because I'm not there yet right this goal i need to hit this particular number i need to hit this um particular just i need to get this accolade and until that is received or reached then i can't be fulfilled Mm -hmm. and you know Mm -hmm. that that's such a empty life of just like always having to be on the go instead of being present so when he said that it's like yo it is still good it's still good bro it's still good it's still good and i was like yeah we out of here man that that boy that 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 boy right there and he was talking he was talking he was crazy i i remember specifically when he had brought up the um god creating the the earth and that whole, whole entire process i was like bro i've never i've never heard it like that but like it was still good and it wasn't finished I think, um, and then after that, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, that's where I want to go. After that, he started to get into more, more about like the uh, the want. He, he started talking about wants, right? So because he brought up the godliness with contentment is great gain, and then he gets into get talking about wants. He brought up the, the verse in Psalms where where David says, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." And he was talking about how. The want is a, a a barrier in a way. It's it's a it's a boundary and how the more desires or wants that you have, the more vulnerable that you are to the enemy's attacks because that's that's what he does. He 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 attaches himself to your desires. The word talks about that, like you sin when you fall into your own desires. I don't remember the verse exactly what I said, but he 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 pinpoints your desires and your wants. So if you're at a place where you don't want anything and obviously you know your flesh goes is in that conversation so there's desires there but like the more wants and desires that you eliminate is like the more protected that you are from the enemy trying to pinpoint that specific portals or opportunities for the enemy to like latch to and connect to yeah exactly um because <clears throat> yeah exactly because he he has said well i don't know if he said it but the way that i understood it was just like you can't convince a heart that's content that 
it needs what you're selling. So like with with the enemy, it's like he can't come to you and convince you that you need this sin that he's trying to trying to get to you. He you, he can't come to you and convince you or, or suggest and try to try to get you to believe that you need whatever this is that he has if you're genuinely so content with what you have where where you're at. So that's that's what he was getting at with that whole being content and and sort of like uh, getting rid of, rid of the one and recognizing like yo I the Lord is my shepherd because that that's where it first goes is recognizing who your shepherd is the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want I, I don't need anything um, oh and then he got into oh man and and then on on the topic of recognizing who your shepherd is he then at one point in the sermon gets into the story of the prodigal son and i thought this was really powerful to me as well he was talking about how when you're when you're in bondage and you're stuck you're caught in or intertwined and you found yourself entangled in whatever it is he said the first step that you need to take is recognizing who your father is because he was talking about in the story of the prodigal son what did the son do? He goes, he gets his inheritance, he squanders it away, he's down bad in the pig pens, like starving, down terrible. And yeah, yeah. to your point, the question was, what delivered him? Because uh, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. saying that right. deliverance doesn't come from self-help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't come from reading books. It doesn't come from enough experience or wisdom or knowledge deliverance only can come from one place mm -hmm. and that's jesus himself because that was kind of the, the crux right. of the message yeah, yeah i'm glad because i've kind of forgot the exact context but that makes the, that but that makes the prodigal son reference in the story that right. much powerful because i never see that saw that that's either. what i'm saying that's what i'm saying he said um well he said what did he recognize when he was in that position right when he was just down terrible he said well i remember in my father's house Right. He has many rooms. The servants, the servants are, are well, are well fed, even the servants. So I'll just go back to my father's house. I remember my father and who he is and what he has. Like, I'll go back to my father's house. So like, that's what delivered him is remembering who his father was. That, that, that recollection. And like you said, and like he was saying, it's not self-help. It wasn't, bro, I'm a tough through it, bro. I'm going to get through it. This is willpower. It's it's all in my head. It wasn't none of that. It was, oh, who's my father? And that's what delivered him. And we know the rest of the story. He goes back to his father's house, and then there's a celebration. There's a banquet. The son has returned, right? And that's just a parallel between us and our relationship with God. You have to remember who your father is. So I thought that was that was really good too. There was there was so much. There were so many things he had said, and there's a, there's a lot I have written down. I think another thing that really caught my eye was. He said, Satan does not have the power to make you do anything, but he tries to convince you that he does. And he was talking about how he can only make suggestions. And that's something that you see throughout the word specifically. I mean, he talks, he brought up the Garden of Eden. Like, how did he approach Eve? He tried, he, he made a suggestion. Oh, did God say this? Like, oh, you should eat of the tree. He didn't go to Eve and say, oh, eat of this tree. He didn't make her eat it. He can't make you do anything. Jesus in the wilderness uh turn these stones into rocks he was suggesting that he did it he wasn't he can't make you do anything he can suggest and he was talking about how um when you're in those vulnerable moments that's where he attacks because he knows you're more open to listen to his suggestions when you're when you're vulnerable and when you're weak and when you're um in that fragile state es essentially 
with the suggestions, he's feeding you a lie. And it's like the moment that you come into agreement with that suggestion and that lie, he, the way he worded it, he said, the moment you come into agreement with a lie, you are also subjected to the one who gave it to you, right? And That's it's crazy. It's crazy. And it's, a, and it's the same way. And he was also making this, this parallel, which I like so much. He was like, there's things that we believe about the kingdom of, of, of light, but it's like we don't believe that about the kingdom of darkness as well. And there's principles that are like, that are just principles. Like, it's the same with God. If I come into submission with his truth, I'm simultaneously in submission with him because he gave the truth. And it's the same way with the lie. If I come into submission with the lie, I am also subjected to the one who gave it. And I'm automatically just so much more vulnerable, like to those device, any other devices as well. Um, so he was saying how that that's how the enemy works. He'll, he'll bring the suggestions. And then once you give into the suggestions, you're subjected to the lie. And then once you're subjected to the lie, you're subjected to him. And that's where deliverance comes in. He was talking about how since the root is a lie, the deliverance or, or, the, or the, the weapon for that is simply light. That's what deliverance is. When you bring the light into that situation, you bring the truth into that situation to combat that lie. And when he broke down, that's how deliverance was. I was like, dang, like, this is good. Like, he he was really talking good. So that was another thing that really stood out to me was that whole suggestion piece, too. Because I think the enemy will try to convince us that we don't have control. And that's what I learned like in my own life. Something that the, the enemy has been trying to do is conv- convince me that I'm not in control. And that's just not how it works. Like he can only make suggestions and he can't make you do anything. But the moment that you believe that he can, that's when you're like automatically so vulnerable. So you have to get to the point where you're combating that with the truth of like, no, like the spirit of God is in control. Like I, I have free will um, to submit to this or to submit to that. Um, and sometimes in situations it's, it's, it's easier to, it's easier to give into the lie that you don't have control, especially when it's a, when it's something very difficult to deal with, but understanding that's just not the case. We don't always realize that coming in agreement with the lie of the enemy then puts us under submission to him because what he said was sometimes it'll just start with one lie, right? Okay. You will never be enough mm-hmm. for any man because your father never loved you so if we come in agreement with that lie we're under the submission of the enemy and now he will start it starts there and it starts going into every aspect of our life mm. oh no you can't you can never re- graduate college oh no you're not competent enough to get that job oh no you could have never really you can never run that business you know yeah, what i mean like yeah. it, it it just starts there for him to gain control and have that influence and then he starts speaking to all these areas of our life yeah and the only way to get free from that is the truth um, and the power within it. And it was crazy. So yeah, a lot of this, like I said, was about just deliverance and it was very practical. And he was speaking to the fact that a lot of times we think that the enemy is the issue. We'll think that he's coming after us and he's the one that's oppressing us. And sometimes it's our flesh. Mm -hmm. And he says, sometimes the biggest issue isn't Satan itself posing the question of if the enemy is already defeated, then what is our problem? Mm. It's the flesh. When you're born again, the biggest battle you will fight is not with the enemy. It'll be with yourself, (laughs) your own innate nature. Mm. uh, That is an enmity or an opposition with the law and God's words. And so what we have to realize is what the Bible teaches us is one, Romans 12, 1 and 2, you, we have to renew the mind. We have to crucify the flesh. 
and we cast out demons. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes <laughs> the issue will be we're trying to cast out our flesh when it's something that's meant to be crucified because we've been so conditioned to think that spirits are the issue and the problem and, and the enemy being in opposition to us, which he is. But at times it's just our flesh that needs discipline that we need to deny. And he goes on to talk about the fact that our flesh and the enemy aren't the same, but they are our allies. And we have to realize that every evil spirit needs an earthly partner to manifest in the earth. Like every spirit needs a body and it needs a host. And so what the enemy will do is he will partner with the flesh to mm -hmm. manifest, whether that be lust, anger, bitterness, betrayal. And that goes to like our desires, right? That are our flesh. So what he'll do is he will come in agreement with those things that come up. And that's how these things will start coming up in our life. And that's why in Matthew 6, 24, it talks about when Jesus calls his disciples mm. and people to come and follow him, the first thing he says, you have to deny yourself. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And you have to deny yourself and crucify your flesh so the enemy has nothing to come into agreement with. And I don't know. I guess I had never seen it that way yeah. or it, it was explained to me in that manner, but it, it just opened up a whole new world mm -hmm. of revelation and it, that brought it, the issue of sin in our life, where it comes from and the importance of like discipline, self-control, crucifying our flesh and taking up our cross. Mm -hmm. Why that's so important because it gives no ammunition to the enemy right. for him to come in agreement with, right? If we're dabbling in these particular sins or whatever activity habit that is taking us away from God, that's the avenue in which he can like start to come in and give those suggestions exactly, and like move us or rather just persuade us and attempt to move us in different directions. And so that really opened it up for me and sent it home. I was like, that's crazy, but that's the importance of it. Oh, the enemy has nothing to partner with. You're completely spirit led and the flesh has no control or it doesn't take the, the predominant thought in your mind, the driver's seat of your activity every day. And you, you can move in all that God really has for you because that's a part of the issue is God wants us to move away from sin because he wants to use us and we can't walk in destiny, our purpose and our assignment bound. And the Lord has need of you. And so, it, yes, it's of course, he wants us to see um, eternity and have relationship with him, but he also wants to, and has a strong desire to use us as well. And he can't do that if we're still locked down, if we're still chained, if we're still and bondage ourselves. And so it's just understanding that aspect and that being the motivation. It's like, oh, we always talk about what we have to give up. We're like, oh man, I have to sacrifice this again. I have mm -hmm. to take this to the altar. I have to bring this to God. I can't be in this relationship. I can't talk to them. I can't go out to these places. But we never really speak about everything that we can step into from holiness, being right. sanctified and living in alignment with the God, all the power, the joy, the peace, effectiveness, fulfillment, the assignment, mm. right? Like all of these things are amazing, admirable, and what we should seek in the beauty 
of this process of the of taking up the cross of denying our flesh like there is a point to this that isn't just trying to take us away from satisfaction or the fullness of life mm-hmm. or being able to enjoy ourselves like there is an end goal it's, it's a means to an end that god wants to get us to so we can experience so much more that these small things we think we're giving up can we think can give us and it can't mm-hmm. and so always understanding that too because that can be missed and lost in translation when we talk about these things but i believe that is a lot of what motivates me Mm -hmm. i remember in our very first episode like i said i was listening to and i said that most people are afraid to miss heaven i'm afraid to not fulfill my destiny here on earth Right, like the the goal has to change. Like, there's our eyes need to be toward heaven and what's next. And that's super important, but we can't lose sight of everything we have access to now mm-hmm. that God wants to give us. And that's what I mean when I say sometimes I don't want to be just a, I mean a casual Christian. Yeah, I don't want to be someone who just kind of walks through life and goes through the motions and doesn't step out. And I'm not like assertive, aggressive, and and really moving and shaking things up for the kingdom, you know. Like, and for me to do that, I have to live holy, and it's something that I desire to do as well. And so, looking at these small things that I need to refine, that I need to burn. I mean, in in proportion to everything that God has for me on the other side, it's not even close at all. It doesn't even make sense to mourn. And that gives me that, that fire, that push to keep going. Mm -hmm. And so that's like one of those aspects of the entire conversation that, you know, sometimes I miss, don't always think about where I should, but. That's vital. It's key. I've never, this is random, but I've ne- not really, but I've never, um, I've never heard Todd Trippett preach before. Have you? Me either. Yeah. No. That, that was, that was the first it's time. It's interesting because I feel like there was this phase, maybe I'm wrong, where I saw a lot of very prominent worship leaders, like just start planting churches. You know what yeah, I'm talking yeah. about? And like becoming pastors. Like, I think bro. I'm not completely sure. I have no clue, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure Tasha Cobbs has a church, or either her husband does, because right, I feel like I've seen her partner, preach before. Right. Travis Green has a church. Right, yeah, I was going to say that. And mm. William McDowell. Like, there's a lot of people that have, were initially, and there still are, like, worship leaders and our artists yeah, yeah. that are also now, like, stepping into this area of, like, teaching and being shepherds. thinking about that, bro. But there was, I might say there was a phase, but I did see that kind of trend. I don't know if it was a collective prophetic move of mm-hmm. a lot of these prominent people who also were like pouring from a different well or spot yeah that just stepped into it but i was thinking that too i never heard him preach before i didn't even know he had a church right. until no, me neither the uh, conference until he talked about it at the conference right. i was like oh snap i didn't know that and I, I was just thinking about that in my head i'm like so i'm glad you said that i don't know maybe maybe um and this is a pivot but i don't know maybe the the two gifts go hand in hand sometimes like be like wor- leading worship, because um, I do think that's just can be its own entire like own spirit sphere of of gift of gifting. 
but then also because it's leading it's, it's leading i think at the core of it, it's like leading worship and then lead, leading people into the presence of god that's something that you can do through your through your messages and through um what you do in a pulpit too so that's why i think maybe the two the two do go hand in hand a lot of times for sure um because i was thinking about that i'm like i see that so much or even little stuff like i feel like a lot of pastors i hear can Are sing also, too and i'm like how you can notice they that sing, too bro i'm like how no can exactly they sing? i uh <laughs> i've definitely noticed that i i would say and I've seen that a lot of them are very musically inclined too. So there's yes, definitely some the sort not go. not in every case, but yeah, it, no, it's but. it's noticeable where it's that's interesting. I would like to it's investigate that. I'm sure big, someone big has a reason, mm-hmm. like some real like biblical answer of like how it all ties together. Yeah. That I like to hear. But I, I see that I peep a lot it. too. I peep it and it's something there. Yeah, sure. I think I it's just it. the idea of, you know, assuring in yeah, the presence. Exactly. You know, but I think that there's such an effectiveness that we see in different people that comes from like the secret place. I was going to say that too. And it, it, it's something that can't be taught. Mm-hmm. It can't be replicated. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that can only be earned in that space. Right. And I actually just saw this on Twitter and this, this all ties in. We'll bring it, we'll bring it full circle. But someone tweeted we admire wisdom because it cannot be borrowed and it cannot be taught. It must be earned as a product of experience and honest self-reflection. Mm-hmm. And to that point, I think in the same way, when we see whether that be like the anointing or the presence we feel when someone speaks or when worship is on coming from a particular individual, yeah, that can only come from experience, mm-hmm. time, and, and true devotion and moments that are continuous and seeking God like in, in our in our private devotion in our own places that when we get in front of people it's just an overflow yep. of what's already happened in our hearts exactly. you know the previous week previous mm-hmm. months but I think it's just to the point of holiness sanctification being delivered you want the weight of God behind you Mm. And that that's the only way for that to be there. You yeah, know what I mean, you can, you can have a great gift, you can speak well, you can have great artistry, creative creativity. But you know, if, if God's hands not on it, then it it won't move lives. Mm-hmm. It, it may be inspirational, it may encourage, but it, it won't be transformative. And, and I think that's the goal of all of it, right? Yeah. Um, for us to be transformed ourselves and allow God to use us to do that for others. Mm. And, and that's it. I think that I'll end with, we, we really just chatting, but never, I talked about the story of the young lady with the salon. Yep. And how, you know, she was essentially disregarded by her family because she didn't go the mm-hmm. traditional working path but was still extremely successful and never really heard people tell her that tell her that they were proud of her eventually comes across some people two random people who are a couple that tell them yo we're extremely proud of you after hearing her story stuck with her really motivated her and she didn't forget that and i talked about how this was kind of a bar i ain't gonna lie what may be insignificant to us can change a lifetime for someone else. Mm. And 
I also want to add with all of this, ooh, never underestimate your ability or power to change someone's life and Mm -hmm. how God's going to use you to do that. That is, I'll talk about it next Friday, my focus for next year. Like, I want to grow not just in my faith, but you could say in my evangelism. Like, I want to have practical, tangible goals of, yo, I want to step out for God this year. I want to give my testimony. I want to serve. I Mm -hmm. want to use the resources I have to impact people in a positive way that can point them toward the example of God or directly to him. And sometimes we shy from that because we don't believe that we've been given the ability to do so or we don't have the gift, the talent or skill to. And that's so far from the case. God wants to use us all and we shouldn't neglect that. And we should press more into that and ask him what that looks like and ask him to give us the boldness to do so because the laborers are few and the harvest is plentiful. Mm-hmm. And that's the issue. I remember we talked to Catherine in the interview and she said that that was the issue in the entertainment industry. And the fact that there are a lot of people who will call themselves Christians but you'll find few of them that smell like the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, that, 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 that kind of exists at large. And so, yeah, man, do you, you feel what I'm saying? Step out. They'll adjust. It's that, it, it, <laughs> it's that time. No more yeah. games. Well, look, yeah, the parents aren't here, but they will be next week. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited for that conversation. And then we'll end off Friday with some of our biggest lessons and a big recap. So we love you all. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you. I heard somebody talk about, you know, they wanted, they was like, yo, where's, like, this was a great episode, but where's putting you on? <laughs> <laughs> May come uh, back. Funny. You know what I mean? We'll see. But stay you, stay real. Stay humble. We'll catch y'all next week. Much love.